Hello and welcome back. I'm Steve Murphy, a trust and estates attorney with McGuire Woods LLP. And this is Once Removed, my podcast on estate planning, trusts, property, taxes, family legacy, and everything in between. I don't like to talk about particular strategies here on Once Removed, but this episode isn't about just a strategy. This is an episode about a goal and then a particular strategy to address that goal. So you'll see that the focus is on the big picture strategy. This is another episode on trusts. This is an episode on a particular kind of trust. It's called a spousal lifetime access trust. The acronym is terrible and not very creative. The acronym is SLAT. That's not a particularly interesting or creative acronym, but I'm using it because it's become really common in this area. In fact, several clients have talked about how their friends in other cities are setting up slats. So let's start with a summary of the benefits of giving someone a gift in an irrevocable trust. That'll be a good entree to talk about how slats operate. First, in setting up a trust for someone else, you can dictate the terms of that trust, who will have access to the funds, whether anyone will have any flexibility over those funds, and who is in control of those funds, who is the trustee. And second, there are potential estate tax savings. You would make the gift now using your current estate tax exemption. This is talked about in another episode of this podcast. Then at your death, those assets and all that appreciation on those assets are not subject to estate tax. And in fact, many clients are interested in making these kinds of gifts now. I've mentioned before that the current estate tax exemption is scheduled to be cut in half at the end of 2025. So lots of clients are interested in making those gifts now using their estate tax exemption while it's at this kind of high watermark. And related to estate tax, you can even set up the trust so that you have to pay the income tax on the trust assets. This is called a grantor trust. Clients often ask, why would anyone be excited that they have to pay the income tax? Well, think of it this way. Someone has to pay the income tax on the income generated by the trust. But if you pay it, then it's almost like an additional or extra gift you're making to your descendants. The trust gets to grow essentially income tax-free. Again, I talk about income taxation of trusts in another episode. And third, there are asset protection benefits to making a gift in trust. If you make a gift, then your future creditors typically cannot touch those assets. But if you make that gift in trust, then certain creditors of the beneficiary cannot reach those assets either. The challenge is that to be effective, to have these benefits, you have to make the gift and give up access, flexibility, and control. For example, if you are a beneficiary or have control over the trust as trustee, then the assets are still included in your estate for estate tax purposes. And as another example, if you are a beneficiary of the trust and if trust assets can be distributed to you, then typically your creditors can reach the assets. And many clients are concerned, and rightly so, that they aren't quite ready to completely give up that access, flexibility, and control. There is that little voice in the back of their minds, what if I need it? Or a similar voice, what if my beneficiaries turn out differently and I'd like to change the terms of the trust? But in this irrevocable trust, again, you can't have that access, flexibility, and control. You are not really in the equation anymore. You've been removed hence the title to this podcast, Once Removed. So clients often ask if there is a way to balance this. 
can they make the gift in trust and have the advantages they want of estate tax savings and asset protection while still retaining some measure of access, flexibility, and control? And one potential solution to this is the SLAT. In a SLAT, you don't have access, flexibility, and control, but maybe your spouse does. Let's explore the nuances. A SLAT means so much as a term, it almost means nothing. So I wanna break that down. This is all about what kinds of rights your spouse has in the trust. And I separate these out into those three familiar categories I've talked so much about already, access, flexibility, and control. In this trust, your spouse can have access. Your spouse could be a beneficiary and receive distributions from the trust if needed. I've explored the kinds of distribution provisions in another episode. And then upon the spouse's death, the funds pass to trusts for further beneficiaries, such as your children. Your spouse can also have flexibility. You can give your spouse a power called a power of appointment to decide how the assets pass during the spouse's lifetime or upon his or her death. The power of appointment is tricky. The spouse could exercise this power for any reason or no reason. So you want to be really careful about how you insert and structure that power. And then also your spouse can have control. You can name your spouse as co-trustee or even sole trustee of the trust. And I've explored those options for trustees in a more recent episode. So in a slat, you can decide how much access, flexibility, and control to give your spouse. And the idea is that if your spouse is a beneficiary and if your household really needs those funds, then the spouse can receive distributions. Or if the spouse has a power of appointment, then if the circumstances really change, and you would have wanted the trust to be structured differently, the spouse can exercise that power. And this is a way to indirectly have this kind of access, flexibility, and control over the trust assets. Of course, you want to avoid any kind of implied agreement with the spouse that the spouse will exercise these powers the way you would want to. And you want to carefully structure all of these provisions to make sure the trust meets your various goals. So this sounds great. It sounds like having your cake and eating it too. So what's the problem? Well, there are lots, but here's one particular problem. The slat seems to work well when the spouse is alive and you are married to him or her. If either of those aren't true, then the slat suddenly doesn't work the way you would have hoped. If the spouse dies, then the spouse is no longer a beneficiary and you can't get any indirect benefit from the trust. And if the spouse dies, then he or she can't exercise any power of appointment to change the terms. Meanwhile, if you get divorced, then the spouse still has this access, flexibility, and control that was granted to him or her. But to be clear, now this is the ex-spouse who has this access, flexibility, and control. And in fact, the trust might still be required that you pay the income tax on the trust. And that might lead to a really difficult and challenging situation, to say the least. So you can see why slats are so popular, but you can also see why slats give us a lot of pause and we want to make sure that the client has considered all these issues before taking the leap. So here in Once Removed, I like to leave with some thought exercises or questions. And as for slats, here, here are a few. First, after hearing all this, how do you feel about the above goals of making a gift for estate tax savings and asset protection? Would you like that idea so much that you'd be willing to make that gift, even if it meant giving up access, flexibility, and control? Second, if you're married, if you want to retain some measure of access, flexibility, and control in the trust, how would you feel if you gave your spouse those rights and powers? And put differently, what's most important to you? Access, flexibility, and control? 
those nuances will be really important as you actually draft the slat. Which of those three and in what combinations? Access, flexibility, and control. And then lastly, how would you feel if you set up the slat on those terms and then the spouse passed away or, or you got divorced? Are you willing to take that risk to achieve your goals? In the next episode, we'll explore one particular example of a challenging situation where the husband set up a slat with the wife as beneficiary and trustee, and then they got divorced. And the court basically told the husband that he was no longer an interested party to the slat, so he couldn't object to what the wife had planned. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. We'll have to wait for the next episode. I'm Steve Murphy, and this has been Once Removed, my podcast on thoughtful estate planning. Thanks for listening.